We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about love. And we started joy. Last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. I thought I would finish it last week, but I couldn't. So I'm going to finish joy. Teaching joy, I mean, I can't finish joy. <laughs> Tonight. Praise God. Galatians 5.22, and please give me the Amplified Classic, and thank you, choir, for that beautiful time of worship. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, and I'd like to have the Amplified Classic for us to understand the fruit of the Spirit. Let's read together. We have it on the screen. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, now what is the fruit? The work, let's read together. One, two, go. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, which is also gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. Amen. So, we're taking these expressions of the fruit. is only one fruit, but nine expressions. We're taking each expression one after the other so we can have a little bit of some more insight into it. I want to say tonight, the fruit of the Spirit is not something you can work up in the flesh. It is the, the work which the presence of the Holy Spirit in you as a believer accomplishes. In other words, it is not a result of your effort. It is not a product of your smartness, your wisdom, your tact, your street wisdom, whatever you call it. It is the work which the presence of the Holy Spirit in your human spirit, your born again human spirit accomplishes. At the new birth, when you gave your life to Christ, when you came out here at the altar of somewhere else and you declared that Jesus would be the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit came into your spirit. Now, it took up residence in your spirit man and immediately dropped this fruit right there. It didn't come empty handed, it dropped the fruit. One fruit Nine expressions. Now, it's imperative for us to begin to look at each of the expressions so that we can understand them for what they are and then flow as the Holy Spirit would like us to flow. Can I have an amen to that? So, we started with love, which is the foundation for everything. Now, God himself is love. First John chapter 4 verse 8 tells us that. First John 4 16 tells us that God is love. God doesn't have love. God is love. Now, right after love, it's, it's amazing that what we have next is joy. And I made it clear the last two weeks that joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness is external. Happiness has to do, has to uh, do with, or is connected to things happening around us. You just got a new car, man, you are happy. You got new clothes from the UK or from the US. Somebody sent them to you, nice shoes, nice perfumes, nice mobile phones and whatever. And then some money in your account, whoop, you're happy. I mean, everybody's happy. Nobody gets nice gifts and then you're sad, unless you're a sadist. I mean, you're happy. But you and I know that that happiness doesn't last very long. I mean, the day you wear those new, new clothes, as you wear them, you're very happy, but the happiness begins to reduce over time when you have to wash the clothes like two, three times and then they start bleeding. No thanks to Nigerian soap. <laughs> now, happiness level begins to go down. This, the same is not for joy. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's on the inside of your spirit. It, now, it must be cultivated, just like other fruit of the Spirit. They must be cultivated. You have to grow them. They are in your spirit, but you have to deliberately ask the Holy Spirit to help you nurture them. Not, for instance, you're not just going to be patient. You're not just going to have long suffering. You're not just going to you know, be gentle towards people. In the world in which we live, everybody wants to cheat you, and you don't want to be gentle. Towards anybody. I mean, I grew up on the streets and men, 
as a guy on the street, if you were wearing a smiley face every time, you, you, you were what they called a CC. You're, you're, you're just like a female. As a guy, you have to be a hard guy. And part of being a hard guy is that you got to frown. And we frowned so much that it became a natural thing for us. One day I was walking down the street, Mokola roundabout, and somebody stopped me. A guy actually stopped me and asked me what the problem was. I said, no problem. He said, no, there must be a problem. I said, no problem. He said, so why are you frowning like this? I didn't even know I was frowning. I was used to that. Because the way I was trained on the street, you got to be hard. Life is hard. You can't afford to be smiling. But when you come to Christ, it's a different ball game. When joy is in your spirit, it should show on your face. Amen? And this has nothing to do with your current circumstances. If we are to look at our current circumstances, many of us will not be smiling. We won't even lift up holy hands to dance before God. We'll just focus on the enormity of our problems and we'll wear a long face like they say in Britain. They say you're wearing a long face. You wear a long face, you're looking forlorn, like you're carrying all the problems of the world and the devil is not going to help you. He's going to keep telling you that this problem is not going to be over. You are, you are, you are in a deep mess and there is no way out. You are going to be dragged. You are going to be this. You are going to be that. You are going to be disgraced. You are going to be put to shame. The devil never preaches the gospel. He cannot preach the gospel. The gospel is the good news. And so if you listen to that DJ, DJ devil every time, it's going to show on your face as well. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be forlorn. And now I've been there, so I know what I'm talking about. This is not theory preaching. This is practical. Real practical. So I know what it means. I put up a post, a couple of posts last night. I was just inspired. I write as I'm inspired. And the easiest place for me really is uh, WhatsApp status. Even though sometimes I, I, I need to do a better job to put those things in a place that's kind of safe or secure. And then it can get into it, become a book someday. But as I'm inspired, I just write. This was late in the night, maybe like almost 12, midnight. And so many people responded, pa, 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 thank you, pastor. Oh, thank you for writing this. Oh, this just, this just speaks to me. Even some of our members who are not around, who are outside of this city, outside of town. And then a particular lady just sent me a very short message and said, please, sir, can you talk? Because this was like going to 12 a.m. And I was responding to so many people. Before I got to her, she had deleted the message, but I'd seen it on the screen. So I went into a DM and said, resend the message, the last message you sent. And then I quickly went to her status and I saw that she wrote there, is there God? Is there, does faith work? And something like that. And she wrote like someone that was really depressed. So I, I reached out and said, hey, what's going on? And she said, well, it's a very long story. This da 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 Very long one. Now, in summary, I said, look. I can relate. Now, she said, look, what's the point? It's like, let me just take my life and forget about it all. Forget about the pain. I said, look, I know what it means. When you are low on joy, what I'm talking about tonight. When you are low on joy, life loses its very taste. You lose Everything around you loses taste. You don't want to do anything. You just want to be underneath your duvet and sulk. And sulk and cry. And I mean, I know what it means when moving from one room in your apartment to another room is like going from one street to another. It's like you're going on a journey. You don't want to move at all. She told me how she set up a business with all her hard-earned money and the business will not take off. Others will just not come. For some reason, she couldn't explain. And so now, she's got to live on friends and friends are making jest of her and then she's not used to asking for money now. There are blah, blah, blah. Our stories all over the place. I said, I know exactly what you're going through. I have an, I have an idea. I said, but can you give Jesus a chance? She said, but pastor. Then she told me all the things that she had done, even this year. How she joined an online prayer, which is very popular. People pray, pray, pray. They want to go to one level to another, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, and then she, 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 she said she joined their fasting. I don't know about the fast. She was telling me about that. Maybe some Christians think everybody follows everybody. No, I follow the Holy Spirit. I follow the Bible. And I follow my church. I don't try to get myself confused. 
I mean, I'm not saying that we don't have ministry gifts all over the place. I thank God for all the ministry gifts and I celebrate them. But hey, they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of their God. I, I want to stay where I'm planted and rooted. You, you can't plant tomato here today and then it's growing for a while, a couple of weeks, you uproot it, you go plant it there and then it grows another couple of weeks and then you uproot it, you take it to UI to go and plant it. There. It will die. That's why there are too many dead Christians. They are collecting prayers online, collecting prayers everywhere. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? She told me after the, that, that's like a month fasting and prayer. And then she, she then joined the Lent, what they call the Lenten period. <laughs> and then she fasted all of that. And then in spite of the two efforts, nothing happened. In fact, she said she asked God for direction for her business. She didn't hear anything. I said, because you still think that your life is going to take an upward turn based on your own efforts, based on what you do. I said, can you hand everything over to King Jesus who is alive and well and let him run it for you. Let him run your life. Let him manage your life for you. When joy is low, when joy is dormant, listen, if you are born again, you have joy. Don't pray for joy. God, give me joy. No, you have joy already. But it can be dormant. It can lie dormant, not active. Because it needs to be cultivated. It needs to be released. It needs to be deployed. And you have to be very intentional about it. You're going to have to make up your mind. I'm not spending one more moment in depression. I am not doing that anymore. And you speak out loud to that spirit. It's an ugly spirit. I showed you that in the scriptures before. Some, uh, uh, Isaiah 61. When Isaiah was prophesying and Jesus picked that up in Luke chapter 4. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now one of the things that he said God has anointed him to do. Is to give the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Depression is the spirit that sits upon people. It is the spirit of heaviness. It sits on you and it's very heavy. And you become very heavy. You can't even get up from bed. But God has promised joy. And he has given joy. In the person of Jesus Christ. In the form of the Holy Spirit. In the form of the fruit of the Spirit. In Psalm 30 and verse 5, the psalmist, even though operated under the old covenant, had some insight into the new covenant. He said, for his anger is bought for a moment. But in his favor is life. Quoting from the KJV now. In his favor is life. Now, Weeping may endure for a night. He said, but joy comes in the morning. Now, what morning are you waiting for? What morning is he talking about? The day a man accepts Christ into his life, the day a woman accepts Christ into her life, that is the morning. That is the beginning of a new day. That's when joy comes. Can I have an amen to that? So if you're a believer tonight, you already have joy. Does that mean I'm not going to have moments of sadness? I, I've never said that. Does that mean life is going to be rosy because now I'm born again, I'm a believer, everything's going to be fine, like I plan it. I don't care how close you are to God, you will go through stuff. In fact, you know what God promised? <laughs> God didn't promise that well because you're so close to me, you're going to be immune from trouble. He said, you'll get into trouble. He stylishly said that in Psalm 91 verse 15. He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him where? <laughs> I don't like that. Come on. I will be with him in trouble. Meaning there are times I'm going to watch you go get in trouble. All right, baby. But you know I'm with you. Praise God. You are not alone. You are not alone. So if you're in trouble tonight, you are not alone. Can I have an amen? You are not alone. God said, I will be with him in trouble. Now, nah, but I'm not going to leave him there. I will deliver him and then I will honor him. So, if you're in trouble, you are qualified for two things. One, deliverance. Two, honor. Can I have an amen to that? We saw that in the lives of Shibrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, and all of the saints of old. And even in the life of Paul the Apostle, Second Corinthians 1.8, he said, we will not have you ignorant brethren of our trouble that came to us in Asia. How that we were pressed beyond measure. Have you ever been pressed? Pressure. Pressure. Beyond measure, beyond what you can take. Like your head, your head wants to go tilt. 
told me last night, she said, look, pastor, it's like my, my head, I'm just smiling and I'm just faking it and people don't know what I'm going through and I want to end it. She said, my, my, I just don't, I don't know how to describe what is going on in my head. I said, you better come to Bible study tomorrow. You have not been in church for many years. And she said she wound up in one white garment church somewhere. I don't have any criticism against anybody, but you're in the wrong place. You need to be in a place where you are fed the word of God. <laughs> you had better be rooted and grounded in Christ before the pressures of life come. If the pressures of life come without meeting you in Christ, you are in trouble. Real trouble. Even those of us in Christ, sometimes we get into trouble, but we know. That greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we know, according to Luke 21, 13, it will turn to a testimony. Can I have an amen? I spoke about joy and I said, why is it sometimes or oftentimes that Satan tries to attack our joy? I must have given you about two points. Is it two points I've given you? One, I said primarily to weaken your faith. I said that maybe two weeks ago or last week. To weaken your faith because joy is connected to your faith. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, faith is your spiritual muscle with which you obtain anything from God, anything from the realm of the spirit, and to bring it into this physical realm. If you are trusting God for anything, those things are in the realm of the spirit. Faith is the muscle. That goes into that realm and carries that thing and brings it to this realm where you need it. I mean, you don't need a child in the realm of the spirit. If you are married, you're trusting God for the fruit of the womb. You want to have a biological baby. Am I right about that? Not just a spiritual baby. You need some kind of promotion. It's hanging there in the realm of the spirit. Whatever you need is hanging there in the realm of the spirit. Faith is the muscle that goes there to pull that thing and brings it to the physical, material, three-dimensional realm where you need it, where it is visible. Are, are you getting what I'm saying tonight? But if your muscle is weak, how much can you carry? Now, let's say what God wants to give you is a 50 kg weight, all right, of blessing. And then your muscle is just so flabby and just so weak. Now, how are you going to be able to carry that thing and pull it through in the realm of the, in the, to the physical realm? There's no way you can do that because you're weak. And I tell you, faith can become weak. Yeah. Just like your muscle. Now, if I'm doing like this, just like this, lifting my hand, this doesn't look like I'm exercising much, right? It doesn't look like I'm expending so much energy. But let me keep doing this for three hours. What do you think will happen? After a while, I'm not going to be able to maintain this pace anymore. It's just going to be, all right? What's happening? Because I've expended, I have spent so much energy. At this point, having expended so much energy, my muscle has become weak. So, if you ask me to carry this speaker, after I have done this for three hours, I might not be able to carry it because energy is gone. I have little energy left. Many of us, if we are going to be sincere with ourselves, your faith is no longer producing results. If you're going to be honest with yourself, when last did you get something? By faith. Not by connection. By faith. And we're not paying attention. Your faith has become so weak. Now, the reason people don't pay attention and they don't know their faith is weak is because you don't feel faith. If you feel faith, then you will know, ah, I'm not feeling that thing anymore. But you don't feel faith. So you can just carry on as a Christian and you think, yeah, you are making a lot of progress, but you are not. You really are not. But glory be to God. There's a way out of that. How does faith come in the first place? Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason the devil will discourage many people from coming to Bible study is because if they come to Bible study, they will hear the word of God the anointed teaching and preaching of God's word, which will come personally to them through the spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, that anointed word, Rhema Christos, is what brings faith. I am teaching everybody now 
But the truth of the matter is that every single person is hearing me differently. Because we are going through different situations. So I can make a general statement, but something comes to you as prophetic or something comes to you as directly personal to address what you're going through. And when it comes to you like that, it brings faith. Faith, as good as it is, faith, as powerful as it is, also needs your joy. Because joy is the tonic that tones the muscle of your faith. You want to keep your faith strong? You want to keep it active? Joy must be present. That's why the devil attacks your joy. Because when he attacks your joy and you are gradually losing it, now that's going to affect your faith. Your faith is going to become weak. Number two point that I made last week. And because I want to finish this up tonight. And I gave several scriptures. Uh, well, if you were not here, go get it online. It's free. Number two, joy aids your hearing from God. This is very important to me. And you need to hear this. Joy aids your hearing from God. How many of us would like to hear from God? Can I see your hand up? You'd like to hear from God. Like, okay, put, put your hands down. There is a situation in your life right now and you desperately need to hear from God. Anybody? Okay, thank you. Now, hearing from God is a precious, in fact, it's one of the most precious uh, blessings that we enjoy as God's children. So we don't just continue our lives like a mule that has no understanding. God wants to lead us. In Romans 8.14, KJV says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In the message translation, it says, God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and there are places to go. But if you are not sensitive to the leading of God, or you cannot communicate with God, or you cannot hear what God is saying, life becomes very frustrating. There are times you want to make a business decision. And you don't know whether to do this or to do that. Should I put my money in this or I should hold on and invest in this one much later? And you need to hear from God. Listen, joy helps you. Joy aids your ability to hear from God. Let me show you a scripture. Isaiah 30 verses 29 to 31. Quickly, quickly. I need to go very fast because I need to finish. I have four points for you and I want to finish them. This is number two now. All right. It says, and you shall have a song as in the night when a holy solemnity is kept and gladness of heart. Another expression for joy in the Bible is gladness of heart. When you see gladness of heart, that is joy. When the Bible uses the word heart, it is used interchangeably as the word spirit. So gladness of heart is also gladness of spirit, your spirit man. When your spirit man is glad, that is joy in action. Amen? It says you shall have a song and you are going to have gladness of heart. As as when one goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel. Yeah? Next verse. And the Lord, because you have a song and you have gladness of heart, your heart is joyful. The Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard. You will hear the voice of the Lord because you have gladness of heart. That's what the scripture is saying. So what if you don't have gladness of heart? The Lord will speak, but you won't hear. May we not be deaf to God's instructions. It says, and shall show the lightning down of his arm with the indignation of his anger, with the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering and tempest and hailstones, yeah? Now, verse 31. For through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with the rod. Three things are involved there. One, you will have joy. Two, you will hear the voice of God. Three, the voice of God you hear will bring down the enemy. Bring down the opposition. Bring down the problem. Can I have an amen to that? So when I have a situation in front of me like a Goliath, and I don't know what to do with this Goliath, I need to be full of joy so I can hear what God is singing. Instructions from on high. Pick up five stones. Get your catapult ready. Praise God. Amen. Woo! And then when God gives you an instruction and you do it, you become a superstar. There are no superstars anywhere. There are only people helped by God. Amen? King Uzziah was marvelously helped. That, that must be Second Chronicles 26. The guy was inventing engines. Engines to throw stones at the enemy and to shoot arrows in Jerusalem. The Bible says that he walked in the vision of do, do you have that scripture for me? 
He walked in the vision of Zechariah. And as long as he walked in that vision of Zechariah, the Bible says God made him to prosper. Okay, thank you. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. I have come to understand from the scriptures that God actually makes people to prosper. God is a maker. He can make you. Regardless of where you are right now. But look, what was the secret of this guy? He sought the Lord in the days of Zechariah. Zechariah had the understanding and the visions of God. Whatever God was going to do, whatever, wherever God was going to move, whatever direction, Zechariah understood it. This king was smart enough to have a prophet over his life. Move on quickly. I want to show you something. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and broke down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabne and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. He was having real estate all over the place. And God, and God helped him against his Against the enemies, against the Philistines. May God help you. <laughs> and against the Arabians that dwell in Gobal. And the Mehunims, yeah? And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. And his name spread abroad. Your name is spread abroad, amen? Even to the entering of Egypt. For he strengthened himself exceedingly, yeah? Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate. And at the valley, of the, and at the valley gate. And at the turn of the wall. And fortified them. Look, he was just making landmark achievements. Also, he built towers in the desert and dug many wells, for he had much cattle. Can you see? Because God helped him. He increased even in material stuff. We don't preach material stuff, but I'm saying that when God is helping you and when God is with you, your material stuff also will increase. So don't be against the blessing of God. For he had much cattle, both in the low country and... In the plains, husbandmen also, and vine dressers, he had a lot of staff. In the mountains, and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Yeah? Moreover, Uzziah had an host of fighting men that went out to war by bands, according to the number of their account, by the hand of Jael, the scribe Amazar, the ruler, under the hand of Aniah, one of the king's captains, yes. The whole number of the Jews of the fathers, with mighty men of valor, were 2,600, yes. Okay, now... Go on, go on, go on. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Verse 14 and 15. 14 and 15. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host. Shields, he prepared shields and spears, now weapons of war, and helmets, and harbigeons, and bows, and slings to cast stones, yes. And he made in Jerusalem engines. He made engines. <laughs> Wisdom for witty inventions. He made engines. Invented by cunning men to be on the towers. The engines were put on the towers. What for? And upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones without. So instead of using manual labor to shoot arrows at the enemy, he was able to shoot at a long range using engines. They pressed the engine, arrows went out. Big stones went out and killed the enemies. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously held till he was strong. May you be marvelously held. He was marvelously held. But you know when his problem began? His problem started when he was strong. He was marvelously held till he was strong. When he was strong, his heart became lifted up. Never forget the days of little beginning where God is bringing you from. Don't get to a point in your life where you're smarter than God. Where you know more than God. Where you know more than your teachers. You are now smarter than your pastors. Never get to that point in your life. Never. Never. <laughs> I'm close by the grace of God to my father in the faith, Senior Pastor Alex Adeboe. I still had a meeting with him today. I am close like the Yorubas who say, Six steps close to him. But as close as I am, I am seven steps further away from him. I give room for honor. If you break it, it's a spiritual protocol. It will break you. 
That's why many that used to be in the ministry back in the day, anointed. Ah, I mean, anointed. Some of them, we don't know the address anymore. I was in a minister's meeting where a minister in this city owns a big ministry, helped by God, was asking Reverend George Adebue, our father's younger brother, my uncle in the faith, one of my mentors. He said, what about this guy that used to be in your church? That guy was so anointed. Sunday morning like this in Rema Chapel in Loring, he would come under the influence of the Holy Ghost. He would remove one of his shoes and throw it. Mega church. Throw it like this in the middle of the service. Anywhere that shoe went to, people fell under the anointing. Shoe. He would remove one of his shoes and fear. People will and they will be slain in the spirit. So that minister in the bathroom was asking him, where is that guy? Because people like that, I mean, they should be all over the place now. Reverend just says an OAP now in Oshobo in one radio station with all the anointing. He came down to that because there was nothing more to do. They gave him a ministry. Pride finished him. That was what happened to Uzziah until he became strong. Be careful when you begin to resent your leaders. Then you begin to say, okay, I know the next scripture is going to quote. This is that same scripture. <laughs> about comments, even about me, but I'm not bothered. I focus on the assignment that I have been given. Someone else's assignment is not my own assignment. The foolish, the most foolish thing you would do in the Christian race is to be looking into the script of someone else to answer your own examination question. That person is in vet medicine. You are in medicine and surgery. Even though it's medicine, medicine. But Esther here, Dr. Esther can testify <laughs> that human anatomy is different from rabbit anatomy. All the apostles said, we are not of the number of them, of they that compare themselves among themselves. He said, for they that compare themselves among themselves and commend themselves are not wise. Run your race. Run your race. Run to please the one that called you. Run to win the smile on his face. I told Jesus this evening, I said, I will serve you till I die. I don't care what happens to me in other areas of my life, but I will serve you till I die, till I draw my last breath, because I found something worth dying for. And until you have found something worth dying for, you have not found the purpose for living yet. Your life has not begun. It is one of the reasons Satan attacks our joy. He attacks your joy so that you can focus on those things that are not working, and then you can blame God and say, after all, I'm serving you now. Things are not working. What's the point going to church? What's the point? What's the point? <laughs> there is more than enough point to go to church. Let me sound a note of warning. As a Christian, as a believer, even if your body is sick, it is not the day to be absent from church. Drag your sick body to church. Church is where it should be healed. Can I have an amen? People don't go to church because, uh, you know, I was just having this headache and I thought I should chill at home. No, the presence of God. I dragged myself to church a few weeks ago. I told my wife I wasn't, I didn't feel like coming. It was a Wednesday Bible study. She said, when did that start? Thank God for a good wife. She said, when did that start? I said, I don't know. Miss Eva, I don't know. I dressed up. I said, let's go. But she drove and we got to church, an adult church. And I thought senior pastor was teaching common men and uncommon calling. But then another minister came up that evening and he was talking about friendship evangelism. Even though it wasn't about healing, even though it wasn't about the apostles and their calling and all that, it was still the word of God. And guess what? I was blessed. I was lifted in the service. Just about evangelism. The word of God is multidimensional and multifaceted in operation. One word can address one million issues. The same word. Jesus said what I say to one, I say to all. One word is addressing cancer in somebody's body. Is addressing depression, is addressing anxiety, is addressing poverty. The same word. Come on, don't joke with the word of God. That's why Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and active, sharper than any two edged sword. What does it do? It divides, it pierces even to the dividing asunder of the bone, sorry, of the soul and the spirit.
marrow, joint and marrow is where blood is formed. Is is this is like the source of life. The life of the flesh, Leviticus 17:11, is in the blood. If they want to know the state of your health, they will take your blood sample. Am I right? And then they do wider test, malaria test. The word of God goes to the blood. It goes to the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What you are about to do tomorrow, the word of God will discern it today. That's why I don't care who is preaching or teaching. If I'm in the service, I listen. I pay attention. It's the word of God. It's not about the person preaching or teaching. I was in the service some time ago. I was invited to that service in UI. And we got to the International Conference Center. And I saw a lot of people leaving the place. I said, have they closed the venue? Are they not using this place anymore? They said, no. Ah. So somebody met me at the door and said, it was because Apostle so-so and so had finished ministry and he had left. That's why people were leaving. Almost three-quarter of the hall were leaving. I asked the question from the young men around me. I said, has Jesus left? Nigeria and sensationalism. May God help you. This generation especially, you follow men. You don't follow Christ. How many of you have a one-on-one relationship with Christ? How many of you have heard from him today? How many have asked him, Christ, what would you have me do? What would you have me stop doing? What would you have me do differently? But we quote Pastor Soso said, Reverend Soso said, Bishop Soso said, Apostle Soso said, especially Nigeria. That's not the kind of Christianity that I embrace. We were not taught that way. We were not brought up that way. We were not brought up to follow men. We, we, we appreciate them. We celebrate them. But not, not. We were, to, we were to follow Christ. To follow his example. Follow his teaching. Follow the word of God. Number three. I hope I've done justice to number two. Because actually it was, a, it was for last week. Joy is a game changer. Joy is a game changer. Joy is a game changer in any given situation. It disarms the enemy and prepares your heart to receive whatever you are trusting God for. Joy disarms the enemy. In the natural, when somebody insults you, they expect an insult in return. You are stupid. They say to say you are mad. But they say you are stupid and you say, and you laugh. Say, so why are you laughing? What? I say you are stupid. <laughs> Very soon, the person saying you are stupid will look stupid. Say, so what's funny? I expect you to say I'm stupid also so I can give you a slap. But you are, you are smiling. The joy you are exuding is disarming that person. When you laugh at someone, they look at themselves. Yeah. Why is he laughing at me? You are disarming the enemy. Satan deliberately throws certain things at us. And if he knows what gets you easily, he will be doing that thing. He will be pulling the same string. If there's a particular person who normally upsets you, have you observed that? That person will keep upsetting you every time. And it's like the devil has inhabited that person and has rented them to deal with you. You say, this is the thorn in my flesh. You know what somebody said some time ago? He said, when someone is driving you crazy, collect your keys. You've given your keys to them. Don't give your keys to anybody. So the same person that's been driving you crazy is not their fault. The devil is renting them. Smile, laugh. Let them say what they normally say. And I said, <laughs> okay. And he said, ah, why is the reaction different this time? You have disarmed them. You have dissolved the mystery. Papa Hagen was sick many years ago, feeling the symptoms. The devil said, said to him, this time, you're not going to recover. This time, you're not going to be healed. You're going to die. He said, he started laughing. <laughs> now, listen, you may start this out in the flesh, but the spirit dimension will catch up with you. You don't feel like laughing, but sometimes take a break and laugh. Imagine what threatened to kill you five years ago. But you are, here you are today, alive and well. Take a break and laugh. The devil said, why are you laughing? 
Papa Higgins said to him, because you said, this time, I am not going to get healed. The devil said, yes, I mean it. This time, you are not going to get healed. He laughed some more. Why are you laughing? Because you said, I'm not going to get healed. I mean it. This time, you are not going to get healed. <laughs> Go and watch some of the old videos of Papa Higgins. The way that man laughed, you will laugh. He had this contagious spirit of joy. I mean, if you see 1977, 73 camp meetings, they are all on YouTube. What do you watch on YouTube? He will just stand like this. <laughs> and all the people around him start laughing. <laughs> and you see joy all over the place. You see the move of the Holy Ghost. He said, started laughing at them. He started laughing at the devil. The devil said, why are you laughing at me? He said, I'm laughing because you said I'm not going to be healed. The devil said, I mean it. This time, you are not going to be healed. He laughed more. When the devil was confused, finally, he said, got up and opened this Bible. Isaiah 53 verse. No, he went straight to 2 Peter 2.24. What some people say is not healing scripture. <laughs> they know more than our fathers. Some small, small boys from you are, they know more than our fathers in the faith. Papa Hagen went to 2 Peter 2.24. He said, hey, Mr. Devil, I know you are illiterate. I know you can't read. Now, give me 2 Peter 2.24. It's on the, put it on the screen now. Media, quickly, quickly. I can quote it, but I want you to see it. Who himself bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were, you were healed. By whose stripes you were. Now, Isaiah, in Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, by his stripes you are healed. Isaiah looked into the future and prophesied. But the future had come. Peter was coming from the cross. Isaiah was looking onto the cross. Peter was coming from the cross. Jesus had been crucified and had resurrected. Glory be to God. And we are celebrating victory on Sunday. Amen. We are celebrating our victory in the name of Jesus. Can I have an amen? Peter coming from the cross said, By whose stripes you were, were healed. Papa Hagen said, Listen, Mr. Devil. He says, By whose stripes I was healed. I am not going to be healed. Because what Satan said was, you are not going to be healed this time. Stupid devil, I am not going to be healed. I agree with you, I was healed already. And if I was healed, I am healed. So pack your dirty stuff and get out of here in the name of Jesus. Off the devil left and he left with all his baggage. And you know the baggage? All the symptoms he was feeling. Christianity is a warfare. Stop being jelly, lily-livered lily and jelly-like. <laughs> the devil is throwing everything on you and you're like, it's okay. Oh, no. I don't know. Am I going to die this way? Hey, the devil doesn't mind if you die. Get up and win every battle in the name of Jesus. Take your life in your hands. Joy disarms the enemy. And joy precedes healing, deliverance, restoration, everything that you want from God. Joy comes before it happens. Isaiah, let's go to Isaiah 55, quickly. Verses 12 to 13. Quickly, on the screen, please. I have just five minutes, and I want to do my last point. For you shall go out with joy. Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet, but that guy operated pretty much under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He spoke so much about joy. Can I get an amen to that? He said, for you shall go out with joy. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean as a young man, the name of your girlfriend has to be joy. But if that's it, glory be to God. But it's not only sister joy that is in the church. There are other sisters. Amen? Praise God. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Can I have an amen? Joy and peace. Joy and peace. They're like twin sisters. Peace is the next one I'm teaching. Now, by the way, there's no Bible study next Thursday. Sorry about that. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week will be three days of fasting and prayer towards Dunamis. So it will be, the services will be held at the ICC. They can't be holding a the service there while we're holding the service here. 
And the week after will be the week for our publicity float from Monday to Wednesday, then Thursday, Friday. So not likely we're going to have it until after Dunamis. Okay, so let's enjoy tonight. <laughs> Amen, praise God. Right, so now you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. Can I have an amen? And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Say better amen. No wonder Paul the apostle prayed it over the church. In Romans 15, 13. Joy. Joy. He said, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy. May the God of Romans 15, 13. Quickly. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray for you, Expression House, tonight. And everyone watching online or listening online, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Fill you with all peace in believing. As you stay in faith, as we keep fighting the good fight of faith, may God fill us all with joy and peace. A better amen. Satan hates it. When you release the force of joy. Let us by the help of the Holy Spirit. Engage in what's, what the devil hates. Don't do what he likes. Do what he hates. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. You don't feel like releasing joy. Release it. Sometimes laugh. You don't have food to eat. <laughs> Ooh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Father. Your daughter is here. And she trusts you that you are going to supply. One woman said to God, she was taking care of orphans. Nobody was supporting her at that period. So she was broke. And all the orphans, over 200 of them, nothing to eat. I read this in the book, I think written by Max Lucado. And she said to God, as she was walking down her floor, Father, you know that I know that we both know that you know. You know that I know that we both know that you know. Father, you know that I know. That I know that you know that we both know that you know. Father, you know. And that was how she was communing with God. I don't know for how long. <laughs> Not too long after. Somebody brought a truck, truckload of groceries. More than a month's supply to that house. Dumped it at her gate. She unpacked and then the person left. If God could send ravens to go and feed Elijah, birds. Birds that have no intelligence or cannot communicate like human beings to go and feed a human being. How much more will he not use human beings for you when the need arises? If the need ever arises. How do you see your God? In Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Paul the Apostle, can I have that on the screen? Encouraged us to rejoice in the Lord always. He said, and again I say, rejoice. He didn't say rejoice sometimes. Rejoice always. Rejoicing is activating joy. You activate it. You cultivate it. Joy is in you. Rejoice. Do it always. You get a bad report, rejoice. You get a good report, rejoice. Rejoicing because you know. That even though it's a bad report today, <laughs> a good one is coming tomorrow. Can I have an amen to that? Amen. That even though we've been enjoying for a night, joy comes in the morning. He said rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Go to verse 6. Verse 6 now. He said be careful for nothing. Somebody say with me tonight. I am careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I present my request to God. And the God of all peace. And the peace of God. Which passes all understanding. Shall keep my heart. And my mind. Through Jesus Christ. It's a good scripture to meditate on. When you meditate on the words of the devil. It will lead to depression. When you meditate on the word of God. It will boost your energy. I know what this means. It's a battle. It's a daily battle many, many times. The devil tries to get us to consider what he's saying. Tries to make us worry. Because if you don't worry, it will be as if you are careless. 
You need to worry some. You need to be anxious some. No. I refuse to take that load of care. Say it out. Say, I know what you are trying to drag me into, but I refuse to take that load of care in the name of Jesus. I've cast my care upon the Lord. I'm not taking it back. The last point tonight, joy makes your service acceptable to God. Give me Deuteronomy 28, verses 47 to 48. Quickly, on the screen. Deuteronomy 28, verses 47 to 48. Joy makes your service acceptable to God. Look, some of us are serving God, but we are serving with the long face. And this was my issue with one of our brothers who has left the church. I said to him, I know something can go wrong with the equipment during the service. But don't go, don't go about the church frowning. You're a leader. People are looking at you. Don't go about frowning on a Sunday morning. I know you are doing your work. You are being zealous for God. But I know the kind of service that God accepts. God does not accept a service that is rendered with sadness. Because God has nothing to do with sadness. There is no sadness in heaven, no. Those of you that think, oh, when we all get to heaven, we're going to be very sober. No. The kingdom of God is a party. Some people, some people think, you know, they know how to club here. Yeah. You got it, you got it, you got it. You just got, got you got it, you got it, you got it. Yeah, you got nothing. You got nothing. You are just punishing yourself. And all this shisha and all the crazy smoke leading to cancer, they're puffing into your nose in the club. No! When we get to heaven, we, we party hard. And, and men, there is no sickness there and there are no doctors in heaven because nobody will fall sick. I read a book about heaven. Somebody said he walked on the grass. Normally, when you walk on the green grass and then, you know, life, I'm not talking about rubber grass, real Real grass, not like this one. This is fake. It, normally, you know, it dies. That's why in advanced countries, they tell you, don't walk across the lawn. And in certain places in our country too, it's a green area. You don't walk across the lawn. You walk on the pathway, the walkway. The person said that he was with Jesus and he walked on the grass. The grass was pressed, but the moment he moved on, the grass stood back up as if nothing walked on it. No dirt, not a single dirt, and it didn't die. It just because nothing is permitted to die in heaven. That's where the real party is. We will bubble. Amen? But before we go, we'll bubble from here. And we don't need to get on alcohol or get on loud <laughs> before we get high. Because we are children of the most high God. Amen? His name is El Elyon. He never gets high on alcohol. The fruit of the Spirit is in us to prepare us for that place. You don't, you don't have anything to go back to the world to pick up. Please, don't, if you're born again, don't miss the world anymore. Man, I, I, miss, I miss the days that we used to party all night. We used to do this. Man, man, you know, can we go back to the days our love was strong? You know, back in the day, I used to listen to R&B a lot. You know, that's one of the songs from Boys to Men. Can we, can we, na, 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 can, forget it! If a man be in Christ, a new creature, all things have passed away and all things have become new. Can I have an amen? Now, look at this. If you don't serve God with joy, God will not accept it. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Look at what God said. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things and it shall put a yoke of iron upon your neck until he has destroyed thee. May that not be your portion in Jesus' name. Joy makes your service acceptable to God. Whether you're in the choir, you're in the ushering, you're a teacher of BBC, you're an, you are, you are a protocol officer, you're welcoming people to church, welcome them with joy. Ushers, welcome them with joy. Those are, Somebody comes into church as the first time I say, and they don't go there, say, you're right. That's how our pastor sits, move. I mean, 
I'd been in a service before, and if I wasn't mature enough, I would have just left that church. I went for a minister's conference. The way the ushers were treating us, they were literally, literally almost pushing us. I mean, it was a big church, mega, so many people, I understand security concerns and all, but hey, easy. There should be a balance to everything. If you didn't move enough, the early enough, they will move you physically. In certain places, they move you physically and with tongues. Some men of God are coming. A man of God is coming and they are pushing everybody out of the way. You didn't know. You are worshiping. You face the altar. Worshiping God. Hallelujah. Pray. You didn't know a man of God was coming behind you. The only thing you knew was that they wicked you away. Say, once I was there, but now here I am. Because man of God has to come. A child of God was pushed for a man of God. It is well with us. <laughs> and some of you need to learn. You will learn in... <laughs> anyway, let me not say that. <laughs> you know. I mean, there are places where the man is just like deputy God. We don't have that kind of church. We don't have that kind of spirit here. No, we don't. We honor, yeah. But not worship. Any man. No man is anything. My senior pastor says that and I believe it. No man is anything. Look, the best of us men at his best is still a man. So be humble. It is God using you. If he moves away like this, you are done for. What's, what's the difference between one man and another? Even Jesus said, the works that I do, it is the Father that dwelleth in me that does the works. Not me. John 14, 10. I said, joy makes your service acceptable to God. Whether you lead prayer, you lead worship, whatever you do, you, you play the instrument, do it with joy. I've got joy, joy, joy. You're leading worship. I've got joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. Or maybe you're not the one leading. You are, you are, you are, you are one of the, the backups. We are looking at you. Some people, because they are backing up, they don't dance. Joy, joy, overflow. In my heart. I come from a kingdom. Are you sure you're from that kingdom? Are you a citizen of that kingdom? Or you're an illegal immigrant? Second Corinthians chapter 8. This is where we stop tonight. Verses 1 to 5. We stop there. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 5. I want to show you. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> A church was in deep poverty, yet they had joy. Deep shit. Deep. Yet they had joy. What? Because you can have it. Joy is not a function of your out outward circumstances. Paul the apostle said, moreover, brethren... We do you to wit, to copy, emulate the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Why, sir? He said, how that in a great trial, not a small, a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. What? In a great trial of affliction, nobody expresses joy, yet they had an abundance of their joy. In the midst of deep poverty, they were neck deep in poverty. They didn't have money to go to church, yet they went. They had joy. No money, but joy. Ah, they carried their Bible, they were singing, they were evangelizing with joy, no money. Deep poverty. Deep poverty. They didn't know what they would eat when they got back home from church. Yet they went to church. Not only that, Paul said, it abounded unto their liberality. Being liberal has nothing to do with how much you have in your account. It has to do with the spirit you carry. They did not have. Yet they gave out of nothing. They were liberal. They had deep poverty. Deep poverty. Yet, they were still giving. Some people have so much, but they, a pain they can't give. 
their hands are like the, you know, the horse of Union Bank. This church had nothing, yet they were liberal. Don't worry, I'll stop at verse 5 and we'll share the grace. For to their power, I bear record, yay, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gifts, the money they contributed, and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. They contributed money to give to Paul the Apostle for the ministry, to minister it to the saints in Jerusalem. The poor saints in Jerusalem. They were poor. Yet they contributed and said, ah, please give our brethren. What? Paul calls that grace. He said, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia. They were in deep poverty, yet they had an abundance of joy. How will God not look at such a church and smile and say, yeah, this is the church my son died for. Some people, one debit alert that they get from the bank like this. Psh, no church that day. One customer gave you a job, they withdrew the job, or they canceled the order. Then you have a bad day. No. And the first place to not go is church. You cancel church. I want to go home and, 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 and I need to heal up. Where do you heal? Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank him for the word tonight, if you have been blessed. And thank him for joy, that you have joy. You have it. You're not asking for it. You have it always.